Now just look at somebody around you and say, man, God is so good. For those of you here in church with us, you can just look at somebody and say, man, it's good to be home. Amen. Amen. For all of y'all out there watching, man, we've got about 50 people in church here this morning. We're feeling like we're just, man, just rocking it out in here. From going from zero to 50, this is like, this is like, you know, like revival has happened. And so praise God for that. I know that God's going to bless you right there in your home, right there out in the car. Do I have any honkers in the parking lot? Praise God. Got a few honkers out there. Praise God. I got to have that. So anyway, praise the Lord. Uh, I just want to make a couple of announcements. One is if you're at home watching in your car, whatever, we will be having communion uh, at the end of service. And so we're going to be taking that all together. And so uh, whatever you need to get from that. Yeah, I got to see I got a text coming over. Honk, honk, you know, so I'm praying, praise God. Um, at first, when I first started doing this, you know, so y'all are all in here. I can talk to you. I got people to talk to. And so, um, you know, it was almost I didn't know what to do. I was just like blown away because my phone's stinking at me. People are saying honk, honk, the cars are in the parking lot, honk. And I just but nobody's in here. And then so we got the picture up. So then I had faces. So I've been staring back at that picture for all this time, watching the people and looking at them, believing they're all saying, amen, come on, preach it, Brother Robert. So, praise God. So it's a new thing. So if I act like I'm ignoring you all this morning, don't feel be offended. I just got to get back into the flow of humans. So, anyway, just a couple of announcements. Uh, we, uh, the plan this week is Ezekiel chapter 37. I just felt like God wanted us to go back and look at that about the Valley of Dry Bones because I believe that God is rising up an army, I believe in all of this mess that's going on, that God wants to breathe the spirit of life back into all of us, and, and, and uh, we're going to be like a great army of God that's going to rise up exceedingly strong and mighty. Amen? So that's the plan for this week. Uh, we also have, this is a new month, you know, this is May, we also have new scripture cards, confessions that are out. But because we've been back and forth and what to do, we're getting ready to mail them all to you so I don't have them here in church this morning. So you'll be getting that in the mail, but do we have it? Have a, a deal up? So here's the confession for this month. Now, what amazes me is I wrote these confessions, just randomly chose what month. I just thought they were random, but I have just been so amazed at how the confessions are lining up with what's going on. Now, this is the one for May. It said, God knows me. He knows my good and he knows my bad. He knows all my ways, yet he still loves me. Can I hear an have an Amen. Therefore, I will not listen to the voice of the enemy, for he has no place in me. I declare that I'm loved. I declare that I'm blessed. I declare victory is my way of life. Amen. And so that's the confession cards. They're, they're being mailed out. You'll be getting those uh, in the mail shortly. And uh, forgive us for our, our timing on everything. You know, we can you can go to the app, the confessions on the app, the confessions on the, the website. You can go through all that and get it. but. Uh, it's just been chaos. Y'all know. Amen. So for those of you out there watching today, uh, we, we still aren't at capacity. We, we could have another 30 or 40 people here in church. So if you hesitated coming to church this morning uh, because you were trying to make ways for others, we still could take you in here. I would rather have a thousand people at the door fighting to get in, pushing on the outside of the building, trying to push the building over, trying to break the glass to crawl in than I would not being here. Okay. So I'll take it. I'll deal with it. Whatever, whatever chaos we come into, we'll deal with it. But we're always welcome to come and stay in your, in the cars, we've got the honkers outside. So we've got people doing that. We've got people out there uh, that I know today are with families watching the video uh, or watching the video, watching the live feed in their homes, having church, home church today with people. And so uh, they're being asked 246 churches, you know, that's where the early church started out. Everybody's coming together and break bread. Always like it when everybody, you know, they get together and eat. Praise God. Can't beat that. So anyway, um, I know that you guys, this morning you should have gotten an offering envelope at the door. Uh, those of you in the parking lot, the ushers will get you an offering envelope out there. If you're at home, um, what we're going to do today is you can just take your offering envelope. We're going to pray over it right now, and the buckets are in the back. So as you leave, you can just drop them in the buckets. 
We're not supposed to be passing anything around, so uh, they'll just be right back there. It's not that we don't honor your offerings. It's just how else do you get it? We can't pass a bucket. So anyway, I know y'all's giving. Y'all have been doing all kinds of things, online giving. Some of you have been stretched to do that, whatever. But praise God, I just want to pray over your finances. I want to speak over them. Second Corinthians 9, 8 is a scripture I want to give you this morning for the offering. Is God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That means that when everything's going crazy, everything's chaotic, everything's in an upheaval, everybody's this, that, and the other, God is able. Everybody say God's able. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Now, grace is your God's unmerited favor towards you. Grace is God's power going towards you. So he's able to make all grace abound towards you. You say, I don't see it. My paycheck's not coming or all this and that and the other. Wait a minute. Just hold on. Just hold on. Don't freak out. God's got a plan. He's going to make it work out. It may not be working out like you exactly want it to work out. Hey, we all want a million dollars in the bank and sit back and just say, oh, God is so good. Hey, but I remember those days of falling on my face and the closest times I've had to the Lord is when I didn't have any money. And I had a bill or something going on, and I prayed, and then all of a sudden, some miracle took place, and boom, that money came into my hands, and I remembered dancing and rejoicing over seeing what God did over that in my, you know. So I'm just telling you, God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you will have all sufficiency in all things and an abundance for every good work. It says that he will make it happen so that you have an abundance for every good work. So those of you that are out of a job, those of you that look like your future is bleak, listen to me. God is able. Say it again. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. He's going to do it. Amen. So put your hand on your offering. Let me pray over it. Father, I thank you that you are a God who is able. You're able, Lord. We're looking at you this morning. Our faith is in you. You are our financier. You're the one that supplies everything. You are a miracle worker. And Lord, we just take and rest in your arms today. And say, Lord, you have hold of our finances. You have hold of our futures. You have hold of our retirement. Lord, I declare that we don't go down. We go up with you. And so, Lord, bless them. Make those, those miracles happen and let us see it, Lord, quickly. And bless them, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. amen. Praise God. So, I, I'm excited about a message this morning I want to preach to you. Um, I'm so glad y'all are here. Amen. Amen. For all of those of you out there watching, man, I'm so glad you're there. I'm so glad that you're reaching out around the world. I had an had a email come in. Somebody from Alaska is watching the program. So we're reaching all the way up to there, you know. Uh, it, it's, just, it's just exciting. It's just really wild what God has been doing. There's more people, I guarantee you, watching on the, the, the live stream and, uh, have, has, than has ever come to church. And so praise God for that. So anyway, I want to I preach a message this morning that y'all got to gotta bear with me because don't right at the first of this say, what has Pastor done? Has he lost his mind? Has he gone crazy? I thought he was a preacher that preached the love of God. I thought he was a preacher that preached grace and mercy. So don't get on me, okay? Don't, don't, don't turn me off. Don't, don't, don't you turn me off out there, okay? Don't push that button because it's just, it's, it ends really good. I just want to tell you the end of the story. It ends really, really good. You know, have you ever been watching a movie and you're, 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 you're thinking, oh, you know, you better not die. Uh, you know, they better not kill that dog. You know, you know, you, you know what I'm saying? Well, don't do me like that. It's going to end good. I'm telling you. So get your Bibles out and go to Genesis very beginning. I'm going to preach from Genesis to Revelation this morning in a short time. Genesis chapter three. I want to look at the fall for a second. Okay, so the title of this message is Redeemed from the Curse. Okay, and uh, I want to look at the curse, and we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in the world. I'm going to show you some things. I'm going to start reading verse 17. Then Adam, then to Adam he said, this is God speaking to Adam, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life, both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth to you. And you shall eat the herb of the field, in the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, 
for the dust you are, and from the dust you shall return. So right here, because of Adam and Eve's sin in the garden, because of what happened right here in the garden, this is where the curse came upon the face of the earth. All right? This is where the curse came down upon all of mankind. And it says right here, what's going to happen, the result of the curse? You're going to toil, and then you're not going to get to eat of it. You're going to produce thorns and thistles. You're going to work by the sweat of your brow. You're going to fight. You're going to scratch. You're going to try to make a living in life. And this is what is the result of falling out of God's grace of what he had for us. Amen? Now let me show you this. Now go to the back. Go to the book of Revelation, chapter 22. The very end. Revelation 22.1. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and the Lamb. This is all the end. This is, what this, this is what's happened to the very end. In the middle of the street and on either side of the river was a tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each fruit, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse. But the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall be, shall serve him. Okay, so here we go. Starting in Genesis chapter 3, the curse starts. It doesn't end until Revelation 22. Are you following me here? Started over here because of the fall in the garden, the original sin. Took a, it, it happened right over here. It fell. Then all of a sudden you get to the Revelation 22, and it says now the curse is gone. But in between that time... I'm sorry to say we're stuck here under the curse. That's why it's a fallen world. That's why it's not perfect. That's why there's all the kinds of things of, that happen in this world because of what took place in the garden, and it isn't going to end until Revelation 22, until it's all over with. All right? Now, you got to understand something. When this curse came upon the earth, I'm, I'm preaching this so simple today because I just want you to see this. I want you to catch a revelation this morning. Everybody out there watching, I want you to catch a revelation this morning because what's going to happen is when you get this revelation of what the curse is and, it, and you understand it, then all of a sudden you're going to know how to defeat it. That's where I'm headed with this. Because you have an enemy. No matter who you are, listen to me, you have an enemy in the curse, and he hates you. He hates you because God loves you. Everybody say, God loves me. He hates you because God loves you. He hates you so, man, it's just, it just, he just can't, he's eat up with hatred for you. And so this curse is released upon the earth. And this curse is the whole nature of the hatred of the enemy towards you. Just like the blessing would be the absolute goodness of God, the love of God that sends Jesus into this world, this nature going out to you if you'll tap into it. Okay? John 10.10. 10. Thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Hello? The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Not God. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Oh, but I have come that they might have life and might have it more abundantly. Jesus came to bring us life. Okay? Now, I'm out, you, I may be preaching to the crowd just right now, but just listen, it's going to get really good. So right now, I'm just going to put this into right now today, okay? Right now today, the curse is trying to come upon the face of the earth. You say, oh, yeah, it's the coronavirus. The coronavirus is the curse coming upon the face of the earth. I mean, y'all just can't believe all the things that I've gotten that, that, that I have been sent uh, about this, that, and the other. But let me tell you something. Yes, the coronavirus is part of the curse because sickness and disease came as a, fall, as a, as a result of the fall of man, right? But I want to tell you, I want to explain to you what the real curse is. This morning, I'm just going to show you, lay it out for you, what the real curse is. All right? I read an article this week by Franklin Graham. So, you know, I, 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 I always had respect for Billy Graham. I have respect for Franklin Graham. And he was doing this, this report. And, and I just laughed at it because I said, you know, here's a man speaking the truth, but nobody's going to listen. The reason why is because people don't want to listen right now. I want to just give you a few statistics right here, okay, that you may know, you may not know, may shock you. Okay, in 2017 to 2018, the flu season, okay, 61,000 people died. This is, this is, I'll show you some of the stats on this, but this is from what I'm quoting from Franklin Graham here, okay? 61,000 people died. In 
2017-2018 year, 640,000 people died of heart disease. 600,000 people died of cancer. So I went to the CDC, and I looked this up to see what the annual death rate was for the United States. 2,813,503 people die every year in the United States. See, what well, this is what I'm trying to explain to you is we don't understand the cycle of life. We don't look at it. We, we, every year there's people. We live in our communities. We live in our bubbles. We know how many people die around here. We know, oh, yeah, so-and-so, yeah, they died. When did they die? Oh, they died a year ago. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. You know, we, 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 we relate to that death rate, right? Because that's our world. That's where we're at. We're not looking at it as the world picture. We're not tallying up everything that's going on in the world or in the United States in a year. So we don't think about two million people dying. We don't think about how many people are getting sick. Okay, let me just read on a little more. This is how it breaks down. 647,457 died of heart disease. 599,108 died of cancer. 169,936 died of unintentional injuries. Uh, 160,201 of chronic lower respiratory disease. 146,383 died of a stroke. 121,404 died of Alzheimer's disease. 83,564 died of diabetes. 55,672 died of the influenza and, and pneumonia. Uh, 47,137 were intentional self-harm suicides. Okay. The reason why I'm giving you that is not to, to come in here and talk about wearing masks or all this kind of stuff. I'm trying to do everything we can this morning to adhere to the governor's requirements upon us. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not trying to talk about that coronavirus is not uh, you know, that big of a deal. What I'm trying to talk to you about is panic and fear. What I'm trying to talk to you about this morning is the curse that comes upon the face of the earth where man wants to take a situation going on, turn it around, and produce the results of the curse, which is fear, which is isolation, which is turning from God instead of to God. This is what the plan of the enemy is. The curse is coming upon the face of the earth right now is really the fear of everything going on instead of faith, because fear is the opposite of faith. Okay, my point is, is that the curse started, and you got to understand the wiles and the schemes of the enemy and how he wants to get in and infect and infiltrate so that he can do nothing but kill, steal, and destroy. That's his job. Are you following me here this morning? Now, look at this. Go to the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 37. John 8, 37, Jesus says, I know that you are of Abraham's descendants. He's speaking to the Pharisees here. But you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. Note that. My word has no place in you. I speak what I've seen with my father, and you do what you've seen with your father. I do what I do with my father, and you do what you do with your father. Yeah. They answered and said, Abraham's our father. And Jesus said to them, if Abraham's children, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. So in other words, fathers duplicate sons. I've been preaching to you that you're sons of God. Fathers duplicate sons. God, Jesus is saying to them, if you were Abraham's descendants, if you were Abraham's kids, you'd be acting like Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this, and you do the deeds of your father. And they said to him, we are not born in fornication. We have one father, God. And Jesus says, if God were your father, you would love me, for I proceed forth and came from God. Nor have I come to myself, but I've sent me. But why do you, understand my, why do you not understand my speech? Because you're not able to listen to my word. You're not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil. And the desires of your father, you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he does not stand in truth because you, there's no truth in him. When he speaks 
a lie, he speaks of his own resource, for he is a liar and the father of it. Jesus spoke to the Pharisees. He told them right off the bat, he said, look, listen to me. You are of your father, the devil. That's who you're acting like. And let me tell you what. This is what I'm alarmed about. What I'm alarmed about on the world day, listen, I'm not saying that, the, that there's not a coronavirus and there's not deaths and it's not bad and it's not the worst virus going on around here than we've seen in a while. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that we, we shouldn't protect ourselves and we shouldn't watch what we're doing and we shouldn't be hygienic and, Lord, have mercy, wash your hands anyway. Okay? I mean, you got to go talk to adult people and tell them to wash their hands three times a day. Something's wrong with you, man. Wash your hands anyway. All right? That ain't right. But my point is, what is happening is the father of lies is coming in behind all of this. And the real travesty is, is that through this shaking going on, you see people emerging who do not have any sense. And they are in positions in charge of things. And they're coming up with the craziest things. I don't know. There's been some hilarious YouTube videos out that I've watched that I have just rolled on the floor. Uh, uh, one of them was this, this, this lady, and she was saying all the rules that we're supposed to abide by, you know, where they says, you know, you, you can go do this, but then, you know, but you can't do that. But you, you could do this, but uh, oh, but then, then you can't do that. And then and it, they're all contradictory and nothing makes any sense because nobody knows what to do. It's just stay home and hide. All right. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Well, you can, you can go outside, but if you go outside, you can wear a mask, but you can't go outside and, 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 and wear a mask if, you know, if you're going to more, be around more than two or three people. You could go to the park, but don't go to the park because you might get it, but you do need to exercise, but you don't. You know what I'm saying? It's just there's no sense. There's no sense to any of it. Nobody's got any sense. And it just keeps getting crazy. Well, listen to me. It's the father of lies working. It's the curse at work. You've got to understand. It's the curse at work. It's the curse at work. It's the curse at work. God, it's, it's the nature of this beast trying to get in. And I want to tell you what it's all about. <laughs> ah, I'll tell you what it's all about. When you boil them line, you boil it all down to it. You'll get, I'll get down to it in just a minute. I'm going to tell you. But I'm not going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you in a minute. Now, let's go to James. Go to the book of James, chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 13. James 1, 13 says, no one, Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when the desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. What, what, what James is saying to the church here is, listen, you start dabbling in fear, Folks, listen to me. Do you realize now that they're saying, oh, this is probably going to last two years? If you stay quarantined in your house for two years and don't see any sunlight, everybody's going to die of vitamin D deficiency, okay? If you do not get outside and exercise, you're going to die of heart condition. Forget about the coronavirus, all right? If you just be socially inactive and do not see people and do not talk to people and don't shake anybody's hand, have no one touch you for two years, you're going to die. You cannot do that, all right? Those people who are coming up with a lot of stuff, it does not make any sense. It's ridiculous. It's craziness. It's, it's part of the curse. It's part of the lie of the enemy because why? He's trying to separate us. My gosh, folks, do you realize you cannot preach the gospel if you cannot talk and touch people? Do you realize that if you separate people and isolate people, put them into their homes, then the gospel is not being preached? Listen, you've got to get it down to the root problem. The devil doesn't kill about doesn't just care about killing you. He wants to kill as many people as he possibly can. And so he's going to try to work his ways into everything that he can because that's the way the curse works. That's the nature of the beast that it is. 1 John 2.16. This is what happens. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It's not of the Father, but it's of the world. You can say, oh, that's, that's kind of worldly. Let's just take that word out, and let's just call it what it is. It's part of the curse. It's part of the curse. The glitter of the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life is what the devil uses to try to get people to go in to his way of the curse versus walking in the blessings of God. All right? It's a part of the curse. Jesus has redeemed you from the curse. I'm going to show you this in a minute. 
He's redeemed you from the curse. That's not a part of your life. So the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it's always working to get you. That's the nature of the curse. Just, just start getting this in your mind straight. All that is part of the curse trying to get you sidetracked. Now, I had this message all written out, and, and, and I'd already this, the whole week I've been mulling and chewing on it. Last, my, last night, my wife and I said, hey, let's, you know, let's see if there's anything on TV to watch. And I watched the animated version that just came out, the brand new of Pilgrim's Progress. If you have not seen that, you need to sit in and watch it. It is an animated show. But I want to tell you something. You know the backstory that the, the man who wrote the thing, what, 340 years ago or something like that? 18, 1816 or something like that? No, 16, 1680 or something. Anyway, go look it up. Pastor put in prison, was in prison for 12 years, wrote the whole story of Pilgrim's Progress, while he was being persecuted. Oh my gosh, you re- just watch this thing. And I was, I was watching, I started laughing. I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I'm preaching. I'm preaching this tomorrow. I was so excited because I'm like, yes, this is a good confirmation. And I want to tell you something. That's what's going on the whole time. You're walking in this world. The whole time you're on your pilgrim's pilgrimage in your walk with Jesus, there was the devil working always consistently on the outside. It's a part of the curse. He wants to take you to the pit of despair. He wants to get you into a place that there's no hope. He wants to get you all sidetracked over there with the worldly lust and the things that are going on because that's his plan. It's not like, oh, you, you sneaky guy. No, it's his plan. That's the way the curse works. It's always there, folks. It's always there. You're not going to ever get away from it. It's always there. It's always there. Okay, so here's what I was going to tell you. 1 Timothy 6.10. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the fear of their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Let me tell you what. What's going on right now you watch and you wait and see. I said it. I'll go ahead and prophesy it. I'm telling you, a lot behind all of this coronavirus and all the scare and shut down the stores, money is involved. Money is always involved. I hate to say it, and let them call me. If my senator and congressman want to call me, you know, that's fine. Call me. I got a number. Better announce that. But I'm telling you, most people that are not in that position, because they're really wanting to do good. Most people are in that position because it's a position of power. It's a position that fills the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, and is the root of all money. And I'm telling you, I am disappointed in our people. Now, Governor Abbott, God bless him. I think he's done a great job. I think he is the one that's level-headed around here and doing pretty good. So, Governor, Governor Abbott, you get a gold star from me. But a lot of these people, they're crazy. They're lot, they've lost their minds. They are absolutely. There's a word I want to say, but I ain't going to say it. But anyway. And why? It's because they've lived in the curse for so long. Jesus is speaking to religious leaders in his day who were supposed to be godly people, taking people and leading them into the right direction. And he's speaking to godly people and he's saying, look, you're of your father, the devil. That's scary. When the religious leaders that are supposed to be leading people in the right direction, he's saying, you're of your father, the devil. And I'm scared too, and I'm saying it this morning. I'm saying that there are people that are supposed to be leading us in the right direction, but I'm seeing now obvious signs they are of their father, the devil. They're living under the curse in the things they're saying. This is what the curse does to you. See, the curse wants to come upon you, and it wants to place all these things in your mind and all these things in your heart. And the devil wants to get you so attached and hooked into the curse get you so bound in, in sins and, and addictions and, and whatever else that he can get you bound into, that then you can't think godly. You can't think the blessings. You don't have faith for it. You are in the pit of despair. You have no hope. And then once he gets you there, he's got you. He will torment you and kill and steal and destroy in your life from now on. But, ooh, let's go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Here's the good news. Here's the positive. 
Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, it is written, Curses everyone that hangs on the tree, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through him. The only way out of the curse that's over the face of this earth is your redemption in Jesus. Does that mean you will not be affected by the curse anymore? No. It means you have power over the curse to say no. That does not mean you're just going to walk through life, skipping down the road, everything's just good and cool. Oh, yeah, I got no problems now. Jesus said in John 16, 33, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. Why? It's a cursed world. Oh, but be a good cheer. I've overcome the world. But what we got right now is Christians backing up and just saying, well, I don't know. You know, I guess, you know, I don't know. things." And they're just milly-mouthing around. Instead of standing up and saying what the truth is, and the truth is, is Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Jesus has healed the coronavirus. Jesus is a man. And, oh, don't even get me started, man. I get so mad. They're, 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 they find pastors that have, that, that have died, and they're, they're, they run those on the headlines. You know, oh, preacher died because they're trying to produce fear. Oh, God can't even help you. And I want to tell you something. It's coming from the curse. The news media and the 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 whoever the big muckmucks are behind all of that are working as hard as they can to throw fear into things. They want to shut church down. They do not want you to come to church. They do not want you to watch this video. Do you know that that, that Facebook shut me off? Yeah, they shut me off because I showed a video. Man, they cut me off. They cut me off so quick. Oh, get him off. I'm telling you, they want to shut us off. Now I'm back on. Glory to God. Praise Jesus. Couldn't stop the power and the force of God going forth. But I'm telling you, they want it stopped. They want to shut it down. They want you to shut up. They want you to be quiet. They want you not to watch Christian movies. They want you not to watch Pilgrim's Progress. They want, to, want you to just be quiet. Go back into your isolated home, into the doom and pit of despair, so that they can overcome, take over everything, and so they can make all the money. And that's all it's about, folks. It's about dollars. It's about dollars. The devil wants to kill you, but the, the people just trying to make dollars. Just trying to make dollars. That's all it's about. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Now, don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying the coronavirus is not real. I'm just saying the panic behind it is about dollars. It's about dollars. There's no other way to turn it. And there's no other way to say it. I'm telling you, it's all going to shake out. In the future, you're going to see it. Maybe they may can cover it up enough. Have you ever thought about this? <clears throat> this is going to get me, but I don't care. Okay, I, I will say this uh, about our president. Uh, I'm going to honor the president. I honored Barack Obama when I didn't like him and I didn't vote for him. And I honored as he was a president. And I never spoke evil of the presidency. And, and I, 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 President Trump is our president. I do not agree with everything he says. I do not agree with all the way he acts and different things like that. I don't agree with all that. But it is absolutely obvious, ridiculous, that we have two Bushes that took us through wars and did not catch as much flack as Donald Trump has gotten from nothing. I, I'm just like... Have we not even, does, not, does, does, does the world not see this? It's obvious, okay? Like I said, I don't agree with everything the man says. I wish he'd behave differently and say things differently and I wish he wouldn't tweet. But, <laughs> but the point is, 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 it's a part of the curse. There's a reason why the curse, this is what I'm excited about. There's a reason why the curse wants him out of there. There's a reason why. It's not obvious to us yet. There's a reason why they so want him out of there. Because he so rubs raw the curse. And so because he so rubs raw the curse, I love him. <laughs> Simply because he irritates the devil. If he's of no other value than that, glory to God. I mean, I just love it. Okay? My point is... You can see what's going on. There's obviously major shifts going on in the world today. And I'm here today to tell you that Christ has redeemed us from the curse and what the shift that's got to take place on the God side is, we as Christians rising up. 
What we have to do on our side is it's time for us to rise up. It's time for the shaking of the dry bones to come, and it's time for us to the Spirit of God coming back on the inside and Christians being Christians again. I'm talking about Bible-believing, spit-flying, Holy Ghost, tongue-talking Christians. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, you know, ones that'll stand up and say, no, this is what the Word of God says, and this is what we're going to do, and this is what we believe, and that's it. End of story. It's time to say, look, that's ridiculous. Sit down and be quiet. Hebrews 9.15, it says, For this reason he is a mediator of a new covenant by means of death, for the redemption of the transgression under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of eternal inheritance. That's us. We're in a new covenant. We have been redeemed from the curse. We're under a new covenant. But you're only going to walk in your new covenant if you stay under Christ. Now, this is the problem. Christians are just as, uh, 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 just as apt to go into and get into fear and doubt and unbelief and let the, de- the curse come upon them as, as a non-believer is. And that's not right. We Christians, it's time for us to rise up and say, no, God is my source. God will provide for me. I do not care what history says in the back. Like you can go along and say, well, my mother did. Well, my uncle. Listen, you better get off and you better read the word of God. And you better find out the word of God's truth. I've been preaching these messages about the, the power of the resurrection in your life and about that you are sons and daughters of God. It's time to rise up as sons and daughters of God, to speak the word of God, confess the word of God, pray. It's time for us to get in the presence of God, not just on the Sunday when we got to come back to church. We got to be Christians. We got to live as Christians. We got to take time to pray. We got to get all this other junk out of the way. Quit worrying and take that same amount of time that you worry and put it into prayer and you'll watch your whole life change. And let me just ask you this. For those of you watching here out here in the service are here, just ask yourself this question. How much time do you spend practicing the presence of God? You say, what do you mean by that, Pastor? I mean, how many times, how, do you, how much time in a day, in 24 hours, do you spend sitting down, reading your Bible, praying, talking to God, where you know you are in His presence? Ask yourself that question. How, often, how long are you spending? If you spend... Two minutes, three minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. I don't know how much time you spend in there. Then just put that in with how much time you spend in this world that the curse is beating in your ears, trying to get you to believe something else, and ask me if you really think you're going to win. You can't live life with someone standing right beside you that's yakking at you and lying to you and telling you this and telling you that and going on that and yakking in your head the whole time and not do anything to listen to the other side of the goodness of God, the blessing coming upon you, what the Word says, God giving you faith and comfort and confidence, and think you're going to win. You wake up every day, man. Listen to me. If you go read the headlines of the paper this morning, I thumbed through them before I came to church just because I wanted to have, make sure I was correct that nothing changed overnight and all the newspaper people got saved. <laughs> you know, could happen. Revival took place, and I missed it, so I misspoke. But it didn't happen. I went through the whole thing, just going through it. Doom, gloom, doom, gloom, pit of despair. Coronavirus going to kill her by two years down the road. Two years, just going to, yeah, 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 going down, going down the line, just la, 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 just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if that's all you have, if that's all you listen to, if that's all that gets in your brains, folks, your brain will start taking that as information. It'll start twisting that thing around in your head, and then you're going to start believing that. It's going to get down in you. It's going to get rooted in your heart. Then it's going to become out of your mouth. Then you're going to be like all these crazy fools running down the screen. Ah, we're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. And I was going to say, somebody slap them. I was in an H-E-B parking lot because I refused to put on a mask. And so my wife went in to go shopping. And so I'm outside looking, and I was sitting out there watching people, and I thought to myself, this is so hilarious because you talk about suspicious looking. Everybody's out of their car. They're all looking around and everything. They're pulling out gloves, slipping on gloves, and getting this mask on their face, and got bags and all hunking around. I'm like, man, they look like I'm going to rob somebody. I mean, if I was it, before coronavirus, if I saw that, I'd say, hey, but hey, what's going on? Hold on there. What are you doing over there? I mean, it's strange looking, right? I saw people. I should have taken a picture. It was not this Saturday, the last Saturday. I saw people over at the bank here in town with red bandanas on, like going up to the bank, you know? And I was laughing. I was like, what? You would be arrested for that three weeks ago. 
You know, if they find your car, stop. If you stop a police stop checking, they say you got a mask and gloves, it's possible suspicion of robbery. But now if you get and don't have a mask and gloves, you're in trouble. Right? It's not so. But we've been redeemed from the curse. We have an eternal inheritance. You have to do something about it. You're not going to overcome and rise up as Christians. You're going to be fall in the pit of despair. And you're not going to, if you do not rise up, read your word, pray, do everything I talked about last Wednesday night. You don't get all those things. You don't begin to, to get and practice the presence of God sitting in God's presence. If you don't do that, you're not going to make it. You are not going to make it. Everybody say, I'm going to make it. All you out there watching say, I'm going to make it. Look at the people around you say, I'm going to make it. Because if you don't, folks, listen to me. I'm prodding, I'm pushing, I'm kicking, I'm thrashing to you this morning. If you don't do this, you're not going to make it because I'm telling you, I do not know what's going to happen, but I'm predicting that it's going to get worse where it gets better. I'm not talking about the coronavirus. I'm talking about the crazy people. I'm not. Listen to me. Listen to me, church. Listen to me. Your pastor talking to you. I am not afraid of the coronavirus. Okay? I mean... One is, I, 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 I'm, I'm still in a pretty good age group. I, I'm, 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 my health is there, so there's some you know, physical things I'm looking at that are good. But I'm not scared of that. I'm scared of the crazy people. You hear what I'm saying? I'm scared of people that have authority to make laws and put stuff, stuff out, and they're nuts. They're sold into the curse. They're, they bought it hook, line, and sinker. They got so many hooks in their mouth. They're, they're being directed by everything except God. That's what concerns me. Now hear me? So my point is, I want to be a Christian. And I'm telling you, God wants to empower us to be Christians. He wants to pour out at this time and have a great revival and pour out upon us his spirit. But we have got to be willing and ready to do it. Okay? Look at Acts 3.19. Acts 3.19. Gosh, I got to get going. I'm having so much fun with this thing. Come on. Here we go. Acts 3.19. Here we go. That's right. 3.19. Well, look, what, look what Peter says. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. That's what we need, folks, the times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. You can have that time of refreshing from the presence of the Lord, but you have to want it. You have to desire it. You have to want to get in it. It's going to take time that you to go sit down. And listen to me. Folks, listen, we're all different. I've told you this before. Some of you may like to burn candles. Some of you may like to kneel. Some of you like, listen to me. I go out and I sit on my porch. I sit on a rocking chair on my porch like an old man, and I like it. And I got to look at the valley and look at all the beauty. And I sit there and I worship the Lord. Oh, I'm not singing songs. I'm not out there. You know, I'm just, I'm out there just talking to the Lord. And all of a sudden, you know, I feel his presence. He's right there with me. He sits in the rock chair beside me. We just have a good time. Talk. Sit there. Tell you things gonna be okay. Yeah, everything gonna be okay. What are we gonna do? We're gonna do we just gonna have a little conversation. We go through there and talk and get it all done. And then I'm just totally at peace. No, everything's okay. My house is my sanctuary. I love it. You follow what I'm saying? We have got to be Christians. So then when I go out and I see everybody screaming, running down the streets, you know, like Chicken Little, the sky is falling. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. And they're all just running crazy and you know. And, 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 and this, I mean, if you read, you know, you, oh, you should wear a mask. Oh, but don't wear that mask because that's not going to, you can do that, that one's going over there. There's nothing good. There's nothing good coming out of anybody's mouth. So there should be coming out of ours. We need to be in the times of refreshing, and we need to be the people that's speaking and preaching the good news of the gospel. Okay? Psalms, I'm just going to go fast because I can't finish this. We're going to have communion. Psalms 107.2, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That's what we need to be. Psalms 107.2, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If you're the redeemed of the Lord, you need to say so. It's that simple. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You need to be preaching to your friends. You need to be preaching to your family. You need to be preaching to everybody around you. Say, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You need to be telling them what you know, how to get in the presence of God, get saved, get right with God. Do what's right. That's what we've got to do. We have got to become the voices on the face of this earth, preaching and proclaiming the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what our job is. The book of Job, chapter 19. Job didn't say too many things smart, but he did say this, Job 19.25, For I know that my Redeemer lives, and that he shall stand at last on earth, and that after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that my flesh shall see God. Okay. 
he did get one thing right, and this is what we need to be. We need to be those people that are stuck in the ground and saying, look, I just know. I know my Redeemer lives, and I've been redeemed from the curse of the law, and I'm not going to live under this curse. And you may try to oppress me. You may try to dangle all the little danglies out here that try to get me sidetracked in life. But I want to tell you something. I'm going to serve God. I know that I want to stand here. I know that I want to see him. I know that I want to serve him all the days of my life. And that I know. End of story. Okay? And then we simply need to get in the presence of God, pray as sons of God, and tell others. But listen to me. What I've said to you this morning is absolutely the truth. And you've got to just start categorizing. Stop trying to figure all this stuff out. Well, why is so-and-so doing this? Why is so-and-so? What's happening? Well, it's all under the curse. Just get under the blessing. Just walk in your redemption. Amen? So let me just, let me just say, if you're, if you're out there at home now, get your communion stuff kind of together. We're going to take this in just a minute. Um, but let me just say something. If you're out there and you're listening and watching right now, and you don't know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. You are under the curse. You don't have any power to get out of the curse. You're burdened with the burdens of sin upon your back. It's pushing you, weighing you down. And let me tell you something. The only one that can relieve you of that is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. His blood was shed on a cross for you so that you could live in victory. You could live with Him forever. And the only way to do that is to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart in Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. So if you're out there right now, I want you to pray with me. If you're in here right now and Jesus is not your Savior, then I want you to pray with me. But pray with me and say, Jesus, come into my heart. Today I believe you are the Son of God. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Take the burden off my back and let me live with you. Today, Lord, I ask you to forgive me, to cleanse me, and to make me yours. Now, if you prayed that prayer and you meant that from a sincere heart, well, then you know what? You can take communion with us because this is what it's all about. Communion is a time that we come together to remember what Jesus did for us, but also to strengthen our own communion with the Lord, our own union with the Lord. And so, because of all that we've been through, we, we're doing things a little different. However you are there in your home, well, then you take, you, you take it as, uh, uh, we can take it all together right now, but you, you can go ahead and give everybody a piece of bread and you can get your cups out. Because I know this doesn't seem, I, I don't, really don't like this, okay, to be honest with you. Uh, uh, but, I also know that great is our faith and great is the Lord. Amen? And so, like I told you a while ago, if you pull this little top piece off, you've got a little wafer there. Yeah, play. We need all the help we can get here. This just doesn't technically feel right, but amen. So now this is the most difficult part, is to try to get the second peel off of the cup. So take it very slowly and work it back and you can get to where the juice comes out. I would suggest do not pull the top all the way off. So are we there? If you're in the parking lot, I hope you've got it out. But on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, now take and eat, for this is my body, which is broken for you. The bread seemed like such a, a simple thing, but listen to me. Jesus' body was broken so that you could be healed of every sickness every disease. He took the stripes upon his back and every one of them was a healing for you. Because Jesus did not just redeem us from our sins. He redeemed us from our sickness too. It's all in the covenant. And that's what this bread represents. So take it. Lord, we thank you for it. We thank you for that you are the bread of life to us. That you heal our bodies. 
And Lord, we give you praise for that. And we thank you for it, Lord. So take and eat in Jesus' name. Then afterwards, he took the cup. And he said, this cup is a new covenant poured out in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. This whole cup represents that you have been redeemed from the curse. Hear me, church. You have been redeemed from the curse. It has no right upon you because of the blood of Jesus. He cannot touch you because of the blood of Jesus. But you have to stand up and you have to take it. Amen. And so, Lord, we thank you for this cup. We thank you for your blood poured out for us. And we thank you right now, Lord, that you forgive us of our sins. You wash us in your blood. So take it now and drink in remembrance of him. Now, those of you in here, if you would stand up with me. Man, I've been waiting so long to say that. You at home. I want to ask you just to, to stand up and just to, just to lift your hands towards heaven and thank him for redeeming you from the curse of the law. Just tell him out of your own mouth. Say, thank you, Lord. I am redeemed from the curse of the law. The curse has no right on me. The curse has no place in my life. I am redeemed from the curse. Just tell him there and say, I declare that I do not listen to the curse, but I walk in the blessings of God. Thank you, Jesus. So, Lord, I just thank you that you just seal this message within our hearts. I just declare right now, Lord, that it's a revelation to each and every one of us that our eyes are open, that we can see the curse trying to come upon us. We can see the tactics of the enemy trying to fool us, trying to get us off the road, the straight and narrow that we're supposed to be with you. And so, Lord, I ask you to bless them. Pour yourself upon us and let this be a mighty army of God rising up. Lord, declaring your word and let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. I'm glad y'all tuned in. We'll be back on Wednesday with another live feed, and I'll see you then.